Um, Let me grab the book really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we talking about a book? We're talking about our feelings. Django. Justo. You missed a... You weren't part of our chain message that was an elaborate way to rib you. Oh, yeah? Morning, yeah. I had this whole setup because I knew you were going to be here about how I legitimately thought that these were just like a work meeting that we spoke about work dynamics and veiled Batman speak. Um, (laughs) I just didn't understand what this was and why you guys recorded it. Um, And then I, then I accused you of being a Satanist and how that's bad for public relations. But the joke's on you. Um, It wasn't, you weren't confused about what the event was. You were confused (laughs) about how phones work. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's true. Welcome to Batman in Quarantine, episode 53, where the four of us gentlemen take a stop on the side of the road and look, man, I was going to try and tie it into the Good Samaritan, like, you know, where you get beaten up on the side of the road and the third person comes along and he ends up helping him and you have differences. And then I realized Does that make me the Good Samaritan? No, oh, no, never, never. What confused narration of the story is that? Even, like, good lord! Um, I like how he was just—he assumed it. Like, yeah, well, like I'm the one. Yeah, well, we know it's not Roman. He wears Moita gloves. Moita gloves. Uh, where every Tuesday we engage in a far- no different podcast. Um, and this is just the four of us sitting down to talk about what we've learned how we felt a catch-up we got a handful of emails as well i haven't really heard Django's thoughts on the last good chunk of things it's been a while it's been a while um thank you kneel down by the fire with me and engage ready to hear i submit this story for the approval of the midnight society (laughs) are you afraid of the dark reference anybody no someone out there got that I, I never read those. Well, I liked it was a TV the show, show. but it scared never, me. Never saw it. It was a very scary show. Anybody read Batman The Return? Because in my Absolute Edition, it was collected after Batman and Robin 16, but in the omnibuses, it's not in this omnibus. Oh, that is a weird thing. I have not read it yet. Okay. It was all I could do to catch up with Batman and Robin 16. Jay, could you tell me what you thought about all of it? I mean, the, the listeners, the brave stalwart listeners know our thoughts on it for the most part. And I heard that you even listen to the ones that you're not on, which is insane. Yeah. yeah do you actually do that? Uh, sometimes. I listened to two of them yesterday and half of one today. Um, I, so if, if I were to limit my thoughts to the return of Bruce Wayne and the books that surround it, um, I really like getting some concrete answers that I didn't realize we ever got before. Um, and the Fraser Irving issues hit that sweet spot of me being mad at Grant Morrison. When you say sweet spot, is that an entirely sarcastic sweet spot or <laughs> I mean, is it's, there? 
it's is super there a sweet spot there. Super sweet if you want to be mad at Grant Morrison. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Unpack that for me. This is Christmas morning. Open up that gift in front of us. So just listening to you guys talk about the I think it was issue 14 where yeah. the Joker has the banana. That was 15 where 15. he has the banana and he has the banana and he's yeah. talking about the big mic and listening to you guys talk about the, all the different important interpretations of that. And me knowing another reason that it's called a big mic, like that, that was too oblique. You need to know too much for me to be happy with it in order to get what's going on and what's what's uh, being referenced. Wait, you, your banana knowledge of which, I, again, I forgot that there is a guy in the world who knows more about bananas than anybody else, and it's Jacob <laughs> Bourne, and I don't fucking understand it. But, um, so, I, you know, I don't, we didn't, so you know a thing about bananas. Share, share your yeah, banana what, knowledge. What's your thing? So, Big Mike... I think Roman said that it was uh, used because that's the best comedic banana, right? Because it rots faster and the skin is slipperier and you can fall, you can prat fall with it. Yeah, it's big and big and slippery. <clears throat> it's also called the Big Mike because um, that is so, – so in horticulture, we've had more than one kind of banana. And the one we eat now is different than the one that our grandparents ate and probably even our parents when they were kids. Um, and the one that they ate – tastes more like banana runts than the ones that we eat now. And the one that they ate was called the Gros Michel, which translates to Big Mike. Wasn't... Are you making that up? He's nope, not. I've I'm heard not. him say it before. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Didn't bananas generations ago, actually, they weren't all that sweet? Uh, yeah. That, well, yeah, there's, there's, there are different versions. I think the, the, I don't know if they, they weren't that sweet before but probably and the next banana on our docket is more like an apple yeah i've heard that bananas like originally were cooked with and eaten not as like a a, a treat or a sweet thing they were used as i don't know a binding agent or something a pun- they were. A punishing <laughs> yeah. more yeah, like plantains yeah yeah it wasn't quite like a sweet delicacy and that's only because we now have our American banana. The American yeah. banana. Yeah, we like <laughs> tastes like pie. <laughs> yeah, we like this. We like the sweet in America, but I think in other countries still they they tend to eat them when they're more when they're green before they start getting all sweet and when they're all weird. sticky. Yeah, but yeah. I don't think that anything is lost by not having that interpretation of the banana. You yeah. know, no, like, but it was it was over and over in that story. I was like, man, I just don't have enough context to really understand this and. I remember feeling lost the first time I read those issues and I felt lost this time when I was reading those issues. And I think that, I think part of me, me kind of being on unsure footing there was uh, having this awesome knowledge about bananas, (laughs) none about Batman, (laughs) Um, just having this awesome art that didn't serve the story super well in my mind like i really like the art and it really didn't tell the story for me very well i think that's a really good point i think like i want more fraser irving books but i I also (laughs) i don't know if i think that they serve the story well yeah um and they are very spooky 
maybe more Fraser Irving covers. Yeah, I, I was about to say I can handle him on a cover. I I lose everything about the story when he's doing. Like I don't really like the aesthetic as well as like I cannot tell the difference between people's faces ever. Mm. Yeah. Unless you're the Joker, which has like a bright white face, and you're Damien, who looks like a little kid, but yeah, or Jim anyone... Gordon in a curly wig. Yeah, but if you're like <laughs> anyone else in the Batman story who can all look the same, like strong jawed, dark haired guys, yeah. I literally can't tell the difference between any of them. Yeah, so, it's definitely, especially like in that Return of Bruce Wayne two issue, that one is like very difficult to distinguish who different people are. Oh yeah, is this is this the Bruce or is this Thomas or is Mordecai. Thomas Mordecai or? Um, all yeah, that think, said, I really I, I did enjoy this bundle of issues by the end. I think I agree with both of you. Like, I think I love looking at Fraser Irving's art, but I do think that it's it like almost suffers from that like style over substance thing which like mm-hmm. i love looking at it it is unlike anything ever but almost like a conversation we had about Aiko recently like mm-hmm. as an artist like i love that art but at some point i was like this is even jh williams the third who i love most of the time but sometimes i'm like i don't know i, I like looking at these pictures but i don't necessarily love piecing a story together from them yeah. um that's less true with jh williams the third i think he's pretty much always amazing but yeah i don't I don't necessarily know if Frazier Irving added anything to the clarity or ease of, you know, story absorption in those particular issues for sure. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of jump cuts to, to different situations or different times without like you need, you need more context clues. I need more context clues to know when and where something was happening. Django hates a jump cut. It's a jump cut. He hates jump roping. He hates yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. What about hopscotch? There's some jumping involved in that. Kind of in the middle. Huh? I've okay. seen him hopscotch, but it's been... What about years. the cut-up technique? Do you just hate jumps and cuts? Like you... the cut-up technique like uh, William Burroughs? Yeah, Cutting yeah, yeah. up tape and putting it back together in order to travel through time? Sounds yeah, like that... some Grant Morrison shit to me. Yeah, so you so, don't like it. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I heard scissors. I heard several references in reading about these issues that, you know, I guess... It, I guess Doc Walk and a different thing both referenced that like Morrison was really using the cut-up technique in this arc. Hmm. I don't really know much about the cut-up technique, but now we're here and it was just mentioned. That was um, William Burroughs and, oh gosh, I can't remember the other guy's name. David, David Brian, Brian Geisen. Brian, Brian Geisen. Brian yeah. Geisen. Um, they would take recordings that they had made and just cut them up randomly and then splice the magnetic cassette tape back together hmm. and the idea was that by doing that they were jumping through time when as well as like the unconscious will rearrange <clears throat> yeah the story to produce something kind of more than they could like uh what's what's the the book that i gave you the book jeff it's his big popular one um, um naked, naked lunch, lunch. Yeah, naked yeah, lunch yeah. is a he used the cut up technique to rear he wrote that novel in continuity from start to finish and then he cut it up and that's why it's so like blah, 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 blah. huh huh interesting yeah i think probably morrison uses that a lot in things in so the same do way I. like david lynch does <laughs> i i've tried <laughs> doing it for various things as well and never david had lynch. quite the heights of <laughs> I think what David Lynch just Burroughs. loses parts of it when he does it. Oh, like, oh fuck. I, that fell I down the talking. heater vent. <laughs> I forgot that I put those in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Roman, 
I, what do you what did you think about the whole thing? I mean, we just did this thing where we read it all in the right order and a time frame, and I got a lot more out of it this time. You know, I still I'm interested in the execution of it, the multiple series, the alternating issues. How well did that work? How well did scheduling artists work? How, as a as a drug that you just injected, how how do you feel about it? Well, it doesn't get me as high and satisfied as Jimmy TIV. <laughs> oh, let's make sure. oh, I love it. Let's make sure everyone knows that that was not real. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly wasn't wasn't any Joker war. Um, <laughs> oh my God, Roman <laughs> coming in with some lava butts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me the spice, baby. Spewing yachiaroscos. Oh, five stars. <laughs> oh, I I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it more reading it with you guys and going through and not having to wait a month between issues. Understood it more. It's interesting that the last, um, the actual finale of of that story before we get into Batman Incorporated, um, when I read it, I thought, oh, I did have the thought that, you know, is this why I don't remember the end of the story? Because I felt a little bit like, well, okay. I, I mean, that was good it might it logically it was a logical conclusion but it was just i don't know other than the joker himself and his dialogue and i thought it was kind of like eh, not a little bit flat in a way mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love the story and everything i think that i do like i think that the way that it ended it almost felt like the the Batman and Robin stuff, the way that that ended, it almost felt like Morrison was a little, uh, I, I don't know, like writing the end to Batman and Robin in Return of Bruce Wayne. And I think if it had felt a little bit more like this was the end of the Dr. Hurt story that had started earlier in the run and made it up to this point and had a little bit more gravity to it in that regard. Mm -hmm. Like I, I do like the way that it ended, but it ended as sort of a Joker, Dr. Hurt thing with the Bat crew in the middle. And, yeah. and I think that that's very good. And I do like, you know, the, the metaphorical humorous nature of the way Dr. Hurt ended, but you know, throughout this story, it is this like the hole in things and dark side and this sort of mythos thing around who that character is. And I think like a, a larger, you know, feeling of finality to that, you know, wouldn't have necessarily made it better, but I, there, there is a weight to that character and the elements of the story that have been going for the last like, four, you know, 30 issues at this point, it's, you know, different multiple series volumes. I'm, you know, the, 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 the end of that character could have been felt, I think a little bit more heavily. And it seemed like it was kind of the end of the tone and particularly like 16 issues he had just written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's his hurts actual end of his story wasn't weighty enough, and I kind of wanted to see like a, a, a three way face off between Joker and Hurt and Batman, not just Joker and Hurt. We've been hanging out with Hurt for a while. Thir you said thirty issues. Yeah, and he well, ish. <laughs> I, I don't know, but like he just he drinks all the beer. He never brings any food. He keeps you up really late. Like it's I've been partying with Hurt for way longer than I care to have partied with Hurt. Do you think that on and on about demons? Yeah, Do you think that the dark side involvement in Doctor Hurt was Morrison's plan from the beginning? 
Like, do you think that he knew far enough ahead that he was going to be doing Final Crisis and incorporating Batman in that way? No pun intended. Um, oh. Or do you think that that was just like, like he could he could have had a similar story planned with not Darkseid, right? It wouldn't have been the the big, 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 big bad. But Batman could have been sent it back in time by somebody metron or like really anybody could have sent him back in time and he could have bounced through and had a demon following him that turns out to be dr hurt and all that do you think that it was apocalyptian from the beginning when he started dr hurt i initially initially didn't but after this reading i do think it's intentionally I think that this whole second run, at least Bruce's story in Return of Bruce Wayne, and it matches the thesis, I think, of the first one of Bruce's kind of unbeatable spirit. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it is interconnected in a way that you couldn't sparse out. Like, I think he's purposely elevating Bruce to a new god. And I think Mm -hmm. that that, if you read the story backwards, it's easier to see where he ends at the end of Bruce Wayne and where he starts, it seems pretty intentional that Darkseid was the villain all along. And the whole in all things, I think, is his way of, like, having a space for Darkseid to get in. Mm-hmm. I think... Um, like, it, well, and that's a really awesome point, Justin. You just got me excited about the idea that I think that, like, you know, for the bulk of the run, who Dr. Hurd is is a mystery and it's like it is kind of Barbados and he is maybe Tom Swain, but he's also kind of dark side and you don't know these things. And I think as Batman and Robin goes on, and as soon as you kind of realize the role dark side played and then who do- like Thomas Hurt is or Thomas Wayne, Simon Hurt, as soon as we you know learned the separation between dark side's role and Dr. Hurt's role, it almost at that point feels like the gravity and the large end was Batman, like was Bruce's battle in Return of Bruce Wayne. And it was more the battle with Darkseid and, and the end of the hyper adapter. And at that point, it kind of dovetails off to like, okay, well, Batman's villain is the Darkseid rule. And then Dr. Hurt, now learning that he is just a guy, mm-hmm. you know, his ending is then more in line with just a guy, you know, like. Right. He feels, he starts this run as kind of, when he comes back, I was pretty afraid. Like, this thing is eternal, and he is, like, this demonic figure. But by the time we realize that Darkseid is trying to incarnate through him through time, and by the time Bruce faces off with Darkseid in The Return of Bruce Wayne, it kind of leaves Dr. Hurt in almost a henchman role. Right. When he was this, like, cosmic thing that got pretty darn close to defeating Batman the volume before and is doing a damn good job of fucking up um, Dick Grayson and Damien, you know, yeah, and yeah. so I, my personal feelings with the ending of this is like the Joker climax is a great Joker story, but by the time we get to Bruce and Darkseid's ultimate battle, this story feels less relevant. And so the ending, like literally Dr. Hurt gets buried by the Joker and then Batman punches the Joker. Like that whole Batman's apotheosis, like him turning into a God doesn't feel very structural for this story. It feels really important for, I think, Batman R.I.P. and The Return of Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. But when it comes here, it, it doesn't feel super connected. Like, Batman just shows up, punches the guy, saves the day, and I don't feel like he had an accurate, like, facing off with Hurt the man. 
right I totally the concept agree. of the god but he just like kind of you know why, like, why oh, did he do that before <laughs> i'm gonna punch this guy <laughs> and let him go and then joker kills him for him it it, it felt a little kind of mixed and i think yeah that, I, th- I think I've I've long since sort of viewed it as a as a very interconnected story, which it is, especially like from ten to sixteen, the way that the Return of Bruce Wayne issues play off of the Batman and Robin issues. But I you know, for as connected and interwoven as those two things are, you know, they do have a very separate story structure and ending in and of themselves. You know, it, it's not I, I felt like it was one ending where, you know, Bruce should be coming back and then takes down Doctor Hurt and the Joker, but it really is sort of like no, we're following like Bruce's thing was with the hyper adapter. Batman and Robin and Dick is is the Doctor Hurt, you know, Joker thing, and and I I think yeah, Justin relegated to being a henchman role is, is that's a that's a good wording for it. It made me think of in Batman and Robin sixteen when he's talking to Barbados and the reflection of that glass, and he really just says like I I live to do your bidding, and it's almost like in that moment like you had talked about like the shadow the shattering of the veil because then his head gets smashed in that glass thing and I, I really think that like to your point of like sh- you know shattering the veil i guess it's like we you know the the, the movie uh i don't know is it was it sinister or insidious or i don't know one of those movies it was like very scary but as soon as you see the bad guy things become immediately less right uh, scary and i think that that was the thing that happened with dr her is as soon as we learn that he's just a man and he's being used by dark side or he's using dark side's power for long life and stuff it does you know you're like oh he's just a henchman you know like this this isn't scary when i look at it in the light right. well that's why batman dresses as a bat right it's because true. if you if you don't see him as a demon in a back alley then he's a lot less scary exactly yeah, I think the rising conflict, like the rising tension in this book for me, I really liked. Like Morrison did a great pacing of like uh, this virus that they're essentially kind of trying to track down this whole run, this like contagious addiction. They fail to stop it, you know, and it hits the city. And then Dr. Hertz making his play, as well as Joker is now here, like manipulating Damien and doing his whole thing that kind of cacophony of where everything feels super fucked and it climaxes with Dick Grayson, like in a very dramatic way getting shot in the back of the head, that rising conflict kind of for me was a huge kind of bong rip of excitement. You know, like, this is awesome. This is going to like, it's going to implode in such a disastrous way. How are my buddies going to get out of it? And then it kind of Bruce return to Bruce Wayne aside is a very predictable, unsurprising kind of formulaic ending where mm. you know here choose your butler or choose you know how many times has he been in that situation right. how many times and that you know i felt like the rising conflict in this was a little bit better than the ending served mm-hmm. and bruce bruce wayne aside because there's a lot of like crazy extra dimensional stuff you can dazzle yourself with but as far as like mechanics go the end of the run for me was kind of or the peak of the run was just before the ending like yeah that right before dick grayson gets shot in the head that issue was like oh like holy cow things are really really you know dire for these guys and then the resolution almost seems like too easy yeah i think that like return of bruce well i really liked return of bruce wayne six oh yeah i mean like yeah, yeah return of bruce wayne five and six and then like batman and robin like 14 and 15 I, I you know i really do like but it is almost the like the penultimate like 
you know the the excitement. I mean, we were talking about it, like on Batman Three Jokers recently. Just like that book was talked about for like a year before, two years before coming out. So it was like very exciting and expectations. And no matter what I got, it was going to be a little bit like, oh, well, this is very good. But two years of being exciting, uh, being excited, does something to it. And I, I almost feel like the end of this series had a little bit of that for me, which is like when the journey is so exciting, it's hard for an end to live up to it um at all really you know yeah it's great as great as it is expectations are a bitch and like you know we're talking about this uh i loved it you know like i I love yeah me too it's 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 amazing but you know and just in terms of having like where the shortcomings of the run may have happened you know i think there was a lot of expectation and build up and i don't know how anyone could really nail that specific landing i mean his his goals are really ambitious you know the fact that he didn't totally bungle it is impressive to me you know like the idea that he was like oh i'm gonna make batman this deific figure this extra dimensional idea and reshape his entire continuity to kind of expose that all along like someone in you know even someone as great as james tinian (laughs) he might even fuck that up Um, roman you're gonna say something Oh yeah, I was gonna say, and actually, Justin, that bring that brings me. Let's me loop around again to Jimmy answer, TV to answer Django's original question. Which yeah, I think Morrison had the idea about Darkseid and the New Gods and Batman story because it it fills in well, it fills in the hole in things so Ooh. well. But between Fifty Two and and Final Crisis, then beyond Final Crisis, I think that was all plan to work dark side and hurt in together and and kind of fill that in Mm -hmm. that's so so did you guys notice the i I haven't listened to you talk about number 16 yet but did you notice that um hurt talks about how he put bruce all alone in a box and hurt ends all alone in a box Mm -hmm. that's so cool Guys, I just pulled up some emails. Sorry, I got distracted there. Because um, we've got a handful of emails. Should we Should we get into them a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Should we get into them? Um, I got one from... I got Andrew Carlson here. Final Volume 2 Thoughts. Return of Bruce Wayne 6 and BNR 15 and 16. First he's a off... fan of the show? Yeah, he's a fan of the show. Thoughts? Yeah, oh yeah. Thoughts? He's a fan. Um, first off... I'd save this for the wrap-up episode for this volume. Good call. Um, <laughs> I broke tonight and just read the last three issues back-to-back, and I'm fucking flabbergasted at how perfect I think the run is. Hickman, get out of here. Uh, oh. <laughs> your Fantastic Four was good, but not as good as this. Ooh. So tread forward only if you remember how the story ends or, okay, respoiling it for you. Sorry, what was Justin? Oh, I just I know his relationship with that Fantastic Four run, and that means something coming from the Fots. Yeah, to say time, that that's time shots cool. fired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, he says, "Gentlemen of Bic, you know, like the lighter Biq." So that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's a long one, so I'm not sure we'll get all of it. But uh, you've introduced me to possibly the best run that I've ever read. This story is so well written, illustrated, conceptualized. Everything is just on point. Morrison has me flabbergasted. I've just given in to my inner pig and just read all three of the last <laughs> issues. <laughs> <laughs> then starting the last issue of return of bruce wayne with the significant bat symbols pearls which are pearls more on that later bells a gun the bullet integral aspects of his tragedy and formation of the character and also sort of referencing the moment in final crisis when he specifically mentioned everything i do has a thousand layers of meaning 
this opposite effect is happening at the end of time. Significance meaning thought is highly concentrated and potent. Another reason he knew he couldn't find the hyperadapter there. And back to the bullet, the true essence of the bullet, which concludes the archive, which sets off the chain of events to bring Bruce here to the end of time. Holy shit. And the pearls, the archivist looping the timeline back through itself through the black hole. Wow, what an insanely awesome idea. And the rubble, or and the bubble saying, asses, Red Robin, no, assess. I read asses. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Comparisons with Jezebel Jet. Um, and now we move to the BNR finale. Strong start with the final reveal of that original Barbados' summoning of Thomas Wayne and the revelation that he is part dark side. He fucking eats the hyper adapter. God fucking damn, my guy. This is com- or, <laughs> this is commitment. And that's a pretty sexy shot that comes out of nowhere. Kind of appreciated it, weirdly enough. Um, so some thoughts on Chris Burnham. I do like, I remember the day of reading that like Batman and Robin 16 and just like, I think I'm sitting in my car waiting to go to campus and like the shot of them, like with the giant bat and just being like, what the fuck is that? I'm glad that he's getting more out of it than I got on my first time. Is there any significance to the pairing of the number eight one? Uh, I think he's talking about the dominoes. There's not any in dominoes games I've played. Um, hurt dying from slipping on a banana peel had me laughing my ass off holy shit um wrapping things up as quickly as i can uh super worried about the behemoth that this email is damien back talking bruce telling him he knows how to disarm a nuke Ugh, that little guy has my heart finally had some real strong goosebumps reading it the next volume is going to be fucking amazing i doubt i covered everything i wanted to but for the sake of time i'll end it here man i sound like you guys <laughs> <laughs> this has easily slid its way past hickman's fantastic four as my favorite run just purely astonished i was shaking for at least 10 minutes after i finished the last issue pure joy anticipation and full so much pure goodness and belief in humanity we all need that right now and you guys have been helping dole it out in massive helpings all of us listeners love you guys to the end of time and back keep up the amazing work and take good take a good rest between these omnibi for us thank Damn. you andrew he did send me a message saying he thinks this is his favorite run and he's very <laughs> grateful we got him to read it and that means a huge amount that was a really awesome wow. email thank you andrew just personally that yeah sweet sweet boy sweet yeah. sweet boy that was really that was really great that was that was nice did i and he pointed out to i did i miss did i miss it did did uh slipping on the banana peel and cracking his head on those cement steps did that kill hurt no it just it just thought, disabled him yeah i thought he was stunned and then joker buried him alive he's joker buried alive and with, with joker life. gas right yeah with a long yeah. eye and we'll, yeah, so he's just gonna joker gas out there and bury alive at the bottom into of a coma and until just be there forever until whatever B list writer for the D- Nightwing reboot. <laughs> yeah. That was gonna be my second question: Has somebody brought him back since Morrison's story? Yeah, he oh, was right. in that okay. couple issue arc that was like the best to me arc of that Nightwing run. The like ten issues I read of it out of like strange childhood obligations to the pack that I signed to Nightwing back in the day. But it, it was you just like Nightwing and Chuck Dixon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it was fan fiction. Uh, I can answer Andrew's question. Oh, if, if you guys didn't already yeah. about the eight one. Oh, please. I don't know what that is. Yeah. H a ha ha ha. Oh, that's good. Wow. That's, that's, <laughs> cool. 
that was good, bud. Yeah, you really, Holy shit. You really us. Okay, this is exciting. Yeah, take that, Grant Morrison. I figured one out. Oh, Django, I'm so hard right now. I figured one out. Django one, Grant Morrison 300. Um, um, this is an email from Connor Donahue, of which we have two from. Incredibly excited. Guys, get ready for this one. Connor Donahue. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. Hey guys, been listening since the first few episodes, only taken 48 to finally email in. Really been enjoying the episodes during the lockdown. Keeps the hours at work from dragging on. Despite living about 4,500 miles away in Scotland, listening to each episode feels like sitting down to chat comics with folks you've known for ages. The insights you guys have had on the comics have been really interesting, not to mention the input from Doc Walker. <laughs> I picked up a new appreciation for the art of Fraser Irving from the praise you guys had for his issues. Looking forward to the next episode as always. And then he pointed out that I put the wrong I, for for fifty issue episodes of this podcast. It said like you can write an email in to Batman in quarantine at gmail.com. <laughs> um, so hopefully people haven't been copying and pasting it there. And if you have and sent an email that never got answered. That's why. And we'll have to go I, back in time to find them. Yeah. Yeah. God, I've, oof, somebody did send an, uh, an email to like the shop account at one point long ago that was like, the email is not working. That's, that's the whole in email things. No, whole in email things. Okay, my friends, I've got an email from someone I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Um, Chris Murphy. Oh, the Murph. I'm not sure if you know our friend Chris Murphy. Murph. Big fan um chris murphy hey all return of bruce wayne number five was just jam-packed with references easter eggs and callbacks and jeff and roman did a great job nailing so many of them i'd like to take an opportunity to cover just a few more amnesiac bruce ponders in his hospital bed that life is like mysteries and secrets quote i end quote i can't help but see this as a reference to the two dc horror anthology books house of mystery and house of secrets i do (laughs) like that that's awesome um, of the scandal behind Martha's murder, Betsy Kane says Patrick and Silas had to cover the whole thing up. This is a reference to Bruce's grandfather, Patrick, and, and great-uncle Silas. I think Patrick was first mentioned in Batman's Secret Files and Origins, 1997, but Silas first appeared in The Failure of Bruce Wayne in Batman 120, December 1958. The mm. Failure of Bruce Wayne. I was just going to say, I wonder what that story is about, but he says in that story, Silas was chiding the playboy Bruce for not living up to the Wayne family legacy. But by the end, he had discovered that Bruce was Batman and commissioned his portrait to be hung in the Wayne Ancestral Gallery. Okay, awesome uh, that there's a reference to the portraits being painted. Also, I love, you know, stories from the 50s where it's just like, I don't know, you can tell his family member that he's Batman. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like oh man, I'm disappointed that you're not more of a way. Oh shit, you're Batman. Like, that's, I like that that was the thing that they could do. It was probably either that or tell him that he's gay and there's no way they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? Like, that's yeah. why he was probably such a disappointment because he hadn't taken a wife and, and yeah, <laughs> paid attention to the family business. He's, what uh, do you think of me now, Silas? <laughs> <laughs> Here's the main one. Martha's pearls. I don't think anyone on the podcast has explicitly made this connection yet, but the pearls that Martha was wearing when she was murdered are indeed the same pearls that old man Anthro had back in Final Crisis 7. Um, when in Return of Bruce Wayne 4, Catherine Van Derm says of her necklace, my mama wouldn't have ever parted with this. This is from the olden days. She's telling the reader that these are the Deer Tribe's pearls. Then in volume or return between five betsy kane calls martha's pearls worthless van Durham heirloom so they have gone down through the whole time i wonder did he take the pearls back in time with him or they did they start at the miyagoni tribe and they've been refined from there 
Well, they were all rough and fucked up at the uh, in number one. So I'd have to think that those are the original ones. I do love their. I think we mentioned just like them coming up multiple times, but I don't know that I knew for sure that it was the exact same necklace throughout all. Yeah, of I it. didn't yeah, piece that together at all. I'm curious. I'm curious how did Anthro string them together then, or did he get them? Elsewhere, or they're part, were they parts of the meteorite. Is he like that, stringing things together? I don't, I don't know. I or were they it. parts of the meteorite that gave Vandal Savage his immortality? I don't know. And was I this love... was this Grant Morrison throwing a gauntlet in the direction of Frank Miller? Like, oh, you're going to give those pearls importance? Watch this. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I did love. Like, I didn't. I realized that we were talking to Django about it like two days ago, but like when the hyperdapter goes back in time, it's killed by Vandal Savage, which I love because oh, like we know the giant bat is dead when Bruce shows up, but they had just had a big battle like Vandal Savage. And um, I think he had mentions having had killed the big bat. And I just love the idea that the hyperdapter, this dark thing was killed by Vandal Savage, like one of the first people and first murderers as well. So like right. the, almost like the Cain and Abel of it. Does that affect his immortality? Like did that was, is that Morrison rewriting oh. how Vandal Savage became immortal because that's what the hyper adapter does. does. Holy shit. That, that I have to, that has to be it. That is way too cool to not do. So the hyper adapter went back in time to when Vandal Savage was just a guy and Vandal Savage kills it. And do even in that issue, did they he mention... He talks like, about eating it. Yeah. yeah. He, he says that he wants to kill Bruce and eat him because he said that he got powerful from the gods. Holy cow. So Morrison in it, like, wow, good catch. That fucking That's, rules. It's fucking cool. That's crazy. <laughs> we have a reason Damn for Mandelson. Damn you. Um, but to follow up his email, that means that Catherine had some Miyagani blood in her veins from the, the necklace. And when she married Alan Wayne, their child had Miyagani blood in their veins. This consanguine continues down the family line meaning that bruce wayne is part miyagani he is tied to gotham not only by duty but also by blood dude how good is this series you guys rock keep up the great work and then he sent a picture awesome from that issue where he commissioned (laughs) (laughs) the 1950s batman god way to go chris you're cool nice listen folks i've got an email here from i don't know if you guys know this gentleman this this handsome giant nathan butcher Oh. oh, love this guy. Oh, handsome, yeah. handsome devil. Absolutely. Uh, can this email address be used as a message board to connect the esteemed listener contributors to this esteemed podcast? And if so, Judd, you're a genius. May your head continue spinning if that's what it takes to come up with more amazing theoretical connections like you did with Solomon Wayne and Solomon Grundy. When the Grundy concept returned, I attempted to plumb the nightmarish depths in my memory of the Clarion series from Seven Soldiers, but I came up empty on my search for intrigue and connection. Props to you. Stay safe and stay zany. Yeah, it would be awesome to set up a message board. You guys can send emails to this and we'll read them to connect with one another. But I apologize that that then relies on Jeff when you probably want more direct connection between each other for conversation. But they can set up a Facebook, Facebook group? group. Yeah. Or a Discord channel or something. Andrew Carlson will set up the Facebook group because he's a goddamn professional. <laughs> and I, I respect him endlessly. So I'll talk to Andrew Carlson about that. But um, maybe. I bet he, as soon as he hears this, he'll just go and do it because he's a industrious, <laughs> industrious buddy. But um, yeah, maybe I'll reach out to him and see if um, by the time this goes up, you make it maybe do a Facebook search for the Batman and Quarantine group. I know Roman's on the Facebook, so he'd be a part of it. I'm on the face and bookings, and so is uh, so is Django. Mm-hmm. Oh, Django! I've, you I've been known to dabble. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dabbles. I, boy, those are all exciting, great emails, and I'm excited that we have a, we have a fan, we have a buddy in Scotland. I know. I'm, I wonder cool. if he just goes and hangs out with. I feel him honored. Frank. What's I'm, his I'm, name? Is it an anagram of Grant Morrison? Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm wondering, is he Glaswegian? Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's it's Connor Donahue, and I've got one more thought from him. Um, and he said, "Hey guys, back." I'm again. Grant Morrison. <laughs> I'm Grant. <laughs> I'm John Von Oliver. Uh, you mentioned listening to some soundtracks while reading and enhanced the experience. I've been putting together a playlist on Spotify of all the music references Morrison has made throughout his career. Holy <laughs> shit. Wow. And it's surprising so how cool. often tracks will sync up if you read along with it on Shuffle. Figured I'd share with you guys. Feel free to share it if you want. And then he sent the Spotify link to follow the playlist. Okay. You got to put that in the show notes. I got to put this in the show notes. That's so hot. So on this episode, I'm going to copy uh, into the show notes the Spotify link that Connor Donahue has put that it contains a bunch of songs that Morrison has referenced his work. That is so awesome. And yeah, I'm so you, in love with that. Thank you. And that I will cool. totally be listening to that while I read Batman Incorporated. Is so, it called something in the lost Miyagani language that is just two notes that we can't ever hear? <laughs> it was three notes. And that's all the emails we've got for right now. I hope we haven't missed anybody. I wish I wish that we had gotten it together to read Battle for the Cowl, you guys. About, I know Tony Daniels uh, wrote I, it. And, yeah, I don't I don't I don't regret not reading that again. <laughs> yeah. I wish I remembered it. If I could go back to the kick and just read the that. Nightwing booty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At the last scene, you know. But um, when I, you make the sound effect for his booty, you put a lot of tongue into it as well. Do you also see his face when he kicks? Is it like a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe after after we're done with all three omnibuses, we can go back and do some of the ancillary material, like Battle for the Cowl or the Dark Dark Knight, Dark City, the Peter Milligan, um, Kieran Dwyer story that I, Django, I think is what you're talking about. Yeah, Django tracked down those issues that we just talked <clears> about <throat> in the last couple of uh, episodes of, you know, the Thomas Jefferson doing the devil oh, yeah. act worship, summoning the bat demon that um, is now sort of integral to the history of uh, t- Thomas Hurt, Simon Hurt, Wayne. <laughs> and, you know, maybe we could maybe we could even get our hands on a copy of the Black Case book and, and pass we it We do. Around. We it's, have it. We, we have, have a listener one? donate a copy to the store for us. Really? Yeah. I really Holy wanna... cow. And I've looked it up on eBay, but it, it would be too expensive at this point. But a long goal I've had is to get every actual issue that has been used in the Black Casebook and have that, like have my Morrison's historical issue thing. Yeah, uh, that's it's it's like eight or ten issues, right? Yeah. And Robin Dies at Dawn is like 200 bucks. You know who has all those issues, though. Working on it. Chris Murphy. Yeah, the Murph. <laughs> yeah, Django's got so does Doc Walk. a collection. And Doc Walk, for sure. Yeah, we talk a lot Doc about Walk him. Doc actually wrote them. And we also <laughs> kind of throw a lot of shade on him. But, um, you know, the fifth member of this podcast has been Dr. Cody Walker uh, for writing the Anatomy of Zurinar, you know, annotated Batman, his take on the Morrison Batman run. And it is, um, you know, it's a thing that we would be bad folks for not at least... Uh, referencing because we do read it a lot even though it is often complained about by roman and i but when's, um, when's he going to be on the podcast right he's already on all the time right isn't he you know <laughs> we've, we've got his insight through that book i'm going to invite him and not tell you guys so you know <laughs> make sure you have your research done 
at all times. I throw a little poking shade at him, but I'm just jealous that I haven't written a book on Grant Morrison stuff. You just <laughs> you haven't know, published the book yet. Uh, yeah. Are you, I heard you're going to do um, the anatomy of the filth. Oh my God! No, that would break me. That book specifically would break me. <laughs> I'm really excited to reread the filth. You know, after we finish up with Batman here. Uh, yeah, aren't we going to do this entire thing backwards and upside down to see if we get any new insights? <laughs> yeah, a lot of visual metaphors are repeated. Uh, yeah. um, well, before we get out of here, what is what was of this chunk of the run? This second third, can anybody share their favorite parts of the run? Anyone have a thing that stands out? Django, it's the banana reference, I'm sure. I think it's the return of Bruce Wayne. Like the last Wayne. two or three issues of the return of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, could be that run is so it, much better than I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, and it answers so many questions um, and, and finally kind of gives me something to stand on while I'm swinging at the theoretical uh, analogies that Grant Morrison deals in most of the time do you it's both do you yeah i mean you know for for i i don't disagree with you know the idea that a lot of his stuff is more work than it needs to be and, and isn't you know handed to people in a way that maybe speaks to the quality of his writing or maybe doesn't but do you feel like you have more respect for this run after this second read through like we've talked about this batman run in small amounts for years and you haven't spoken with particularly high esteem for it. And I'm curious, like did that return of Bruce Wayne, like reading it this time, you know, do you think it's a good story? Is it, you know, is it a thing I, you're just reading because all of your buddies are reading it? How do you, how? Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more on this round. Um, and with the discussion, it's helpful. Although the, the second time I read the whole thing, it was with annotations from the internet for every mm -hmm. issue. Um, I still have a hard time uh, feeling like it. it's, I don't even want to say that it's not playing fair, but it's asking a whole lot of the reader. Mm -hmm. It's asking you to keep 70 issues in your head while you're reading it. More like and 700. Make, yeah. And, and to make huge leaps and like, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of the um, enjoyment onus is on me as the reader, mm -hmm. which that's not my favorite kind of thing to be required to do. Mm -hmm. um, but I, 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 I'm liking this more this time. I don't know that it changes my opinion on the, the nature of the story. Like I don't, I don't, I think that anybody who doesn't like this run is totally justified in not liking this run because mm -hmm. they're not, they're not willing to put the work in. Right. Um, and you know, maybe that's not why you read comics. Um, but I, th I think that it's, it's really well done you know all that said it is well done nice so. um justin how's that for evasive a... no it was I, like it. I mean i like it it's <laughs> yeah rational logical balanced I, I like it yeah i like it Django just said something that reflected you know an awareness of other people's emotions and desires and internal <laughs> a very nuanced opinion yeah. yeah very nuanced opinion other people <laughs> uh, i do I have... love that there's listeners in this show that don't you know, I've never listened to the Perfectly Acceptable podcast, so they don't they're know so these. Like, they're mean to that guy. They're mean to the to to the older one, the oldest one, Django. They're really they're, they're mean to and him. He seems they, really nice for a Satanist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. You're gonna see it two multiple. Oh, two, two. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very. I I love the Joker v Hurt last 
little thing. That's like the ending of the story for me. Um, and then uh, what else? What was my, oh, and then just like the time travel when they initially brought that in and they're doing, Dick is down there in the catacombs and Damien's fighting the 99 Fiends. That moment is just like a, a moment where the, the run really like blossomed for me as a young young person and I got almost as much enjoyment at this time. Like just like the very quick, like the the creeper that, you know, you, you take the hit of the drug and you don't think you're going to get high. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, this is a time travel story. <laughs> that, that, that moment, I, I just will forever love. And then maybe the third one now that I got from this one is like the depths and greatness of the return of Bruce Wayne. Because I kind of like didn't understand it and just was like, I'm not going to engage with that. And I'm just going to pretend it, it's not relevant. And it makes the run so much more colorful and flavorful. Yeah, so, I... Well, not surprisingly, my uh, mine are two of those exact same ones. <laughs> like Batman and Robin, ten or twelve, whatever the the start of that Return of Bruce Wayne cross, like the red cover with Damien with the sword behind him, and like, mm-hmm. the issue where we start seeing the family portraits and learning that there's a missing portrait and introduce that time travel aspect, like that. Just like you you said, you're just like, whoa, this is now this is a crazy shifting time time travel story, and I love that. And then. Yeah, Return of Bruce Wayne as a whole, but particularly those last like couple issues where, you know, I, I think that the first time I read it, I was so horny for answers the whole time. I was just like, does this issue have the answer? No, it doesn't. Okay, cool. Like, I just got to get to the next one. And I kept thinking that the answer would be in the next one. And uh, that like excited attitude didn't really give me the time and space to look at these and be like, okay, well, does this have the answer? It doesn't have the answer, but it has a lot of answers and illusions and further questions and all of it and just like you said adds color an infinite amount of depth and like it's just a huge respect and love for batman as a character as as an idea so those two for me are the two sort of elements stand out the most come on give it to us rowan give us your your favorite. i I hate having to having to follow everybody else because i I don't know what to say now just (laughs) anything with professor pig is his favorite yeah i I was yeah i was gonna mention (laughs) professor pig because he yeah how long ago was it that this story first started coming out like in the time of the issues yeah um, 2009 2009 it ended in 2000 like in november 2010 so it so so yeah, I think Professor Pig is like the best new Batman villain in the last fifteen years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's so good. He's so good. <laughs> so I mean, fucking gross. Yeah, he follows the tradition of like Batman villains being kind of like Dick Tracy villains, having some obvious physical freakish look to them, but also he's all modern and disgusting psychologically and physically. <laughs> and you know. Jeff and Justin and Roman love thinking way too much about brains and their own brains, other people's brains, which is, you know, <laughs> awesome. I feel bad that I just excluded Django in that. And it felt like a shot, but it wasn't a shot. I was just going to say, like, I, I love, like, a villain that is so rooted in psychology, you know, yeah. like, is yeah. Jungian and, like... He's um, a Freudian nightmare wrapped in a bag of pork grinds. Yeah, and yeah. at least <laughs> the three of us have spent a lot of time learning about damaged psychology types and yeah i think it's uh, such a cool idea that having a a bat villain that's that's based in the the wire mother experiments that were later on decades later like labeled as going oh this was a really twisted 
damaging experiment. <laughs> Which is why we all, well, while the three of us latch on to strong bat daddies like Django. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm dad man. <laughs> some, some of my other, like Justin, like you guys were saying, some of my other favorite stuff is just the way the time travel aspects of everything come together. Like Justin, you mentioned, uh, I remember when we were talking on the podcast about how Dick comes up out of the crypt and he's all beat up, his costume's torn, his, his bat Bats emblem is all flapping around. <laughs> and we don't know why. And I love that that's eventually explained. It wasn't a mistake like we were all wondering at the, at the time. And it just... Oh, Wait, the bat all... flapping was explained? He no, he's well, tattered not, from, not from so much. hanging out with Barbados, right? Yeah, it wasn't specifically right. mentioned, okay. but it's implied that that's part of the the fight he was just in with Barbados. I just want to know what material it is and why they're mm. flapping out forward at 90 degree angles. It's so bizarre to me. Because he got punched so hard in the middle in the chest Beep. that it just like that popped up the ends. With the bat's big fist? Yeah. With Great. its big with its big its big talon talon bat talon knocker. Bat god oh, fist. So now it's tying into the court of owls. It, <laughs> And Jimmy TIV. Oh, no! Maybe, maybe maybe it'll show up now. Maybe sometime the Hyper Adapter will show up again against some other villain, and it'll turn out that that's just something the Hyper Adapter, it, it makes it giggle to, like, attack a superhero and make it the superhero's emblem. It'll do it to Superman. The S-Shield corners will be popping up afterwards, and Supes will be like, yeah, I know what you're... Bruce, Dude, I know how you feel. I'm so honkied out from justin's read of that's why vandal savage is an immortal is because mm-hmm. he killed and ate the hyper adapter that is so fucking awesome and a thing i didn't see anywhere else talked about it's originally yeah. like he stole the spirit destiny right but i feel like it you could rewrite it like that's not well, he such stole... an integral thing to that guy you know it like could, he's always it couldn't be that if no. he was back there with the Miyagani tribe, that's way before Christ. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's rewritten now, but I think okay. originally Vandal Savage, like his, I think his immortality came from biblical stuff. Well, no, his, well, maybe, maybe they did. Originally, his like golden age origin is that he, um, a meteor crashed to Earth near them. He found it and the radiation from it gave him immortality. And you the mean, bat is that meteor. Yeah. Or or yeah. or that the the shell that uh like there's there's the the rocket. The rocket could be the meteor too. I would yeah. have loved for them to like as time went on see that rocket somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like that didn't really happen, you know. I would have liked yeah. uh that rocket to be buried in the cave or something. I guess that would have been a little on the nose, but so Barbados is not not a god in any way other than uh a new god like the the like the, the, the hyper adapter of a new yeah. god yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah it's, it's a tool of the new gods yeah, yeah. interesting yeah, but like a living one it's like a weird little bastard child of a new god yeah, yeah. And, it, and it came out of the ancestor box right the dark yeah. side of head yeah, yeah. Which ancestor so cool. box going to visit your ancestors <laughs> yeah i mean yeah another thing i wanted to say like bruce you know, the past and the land of the dead are essentially the same thing, the things that come before. So Bruce did like a catabasis back in time. And usually when you go up through the underworld, you you realize yourself as a god, you know, and so, or as a new immortal being. 
and Bruce did that. So we, we get a Catabasis story in this and that. In the back in time, in the way that he goes back in time, but also in the way that the whole series is built on all of the issues that have already happened, kind of being revisited as plot. Oh, plot. yeah. So yeah, like, there's a kind of Catabasis there in and of itself. But listen, we got to so, get out of here. Should, yeah. I just want I just want to say shouldn't it, but in this case, it was it was a bad Abasis. Batabasis, yeah. Oh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, we needed soon as, it. Yeah. As soon as Roman was like, no, this is a joke. This is a Roman pause for a joke. And then I'm <laughs> All right, but Roman, you got to go to work, bud. Ah, screw it. You yeah. got to get out of that bathrobe first. He's Superman wearing his Superman bathrobe, bathrobe okay, for I'll get Batman out of the bathrobe. podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't have a Batman bathrobe. <laughs> Django, that's on you to make us all Batman bathrobe. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. Bat daddy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, thanks for getting hanging out with us so far. Um, write us emails. Record voice memos like Will Elmer did. You can email those to batmaninquarantine at gmail.com. We would love to have more of those. We'll talk about them on the issues. We're going to take a week off. We're going to take off next week, and then we're going to come back um, re reinvigorated on a slightly different schedule or something, but we're going to make sure we can, uh, you know, incorporate it into our schedules. (laughs) 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 And we start with the, the return Batman. The return is our next issue. So everyone has about a week, week and a half to get that together. Yeah. How do you find that? And I got, I got one. And I, oh, I also yeah, still want to have uh, do an episode where we link to the YouTube video of Batman or Grant Morrison talking with gods and talk about that documentary because I oh, yeah. would love to do oh, that. But. That would be so talking about cool. talking about gods. Yeah, yeah. What we talk um, about when we talk about gods. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening. On behalf of Django, Roman, and Justin, I'm Jeff. This was Batman in Quarantine number fifty three. We're happy to hear from all of you and see one another. And um, next time we're gonna go global. We're gonna go global <laughs> for our next month. We're gonna do this thing. Bye, everybody.